Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Now here's an interesting difference between Hanukkah and Purim. Both holidays have a small scroll called a Megillah that tells their story. Purim has the Megillah of Esther. Hanukkah has the Megillah of Antiochus. On Purim, we're required to read that Megillah of Esther publicly at night and again in the day. But on Hanukkah, there's no such requirement. Yes, there have been communities that read the Megillah of Antiochus in the synagogue on Hanukkah. And actually, some Yemenite communities still keep the custom. But it's done without a blessing, since everyone agrees that it was never instituted by any rabbinical authority. Another distinction between these two Megillahs, the Talmud tells that Esther requested from the men of the Great Assembly, which included prophets together with sages, that they write my story for all generations. And indeed, the Megillah of Esther was inducted into the exclusive set of 24 books of Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, Tanakh. The Megillah of Antiochus, on the other hand, it's not considered a sacred work. Rav Sad Yagon, the foremost authority for Jews in the 10th century, held it in high esteem. Rav Sad Yagon, the foremost authority for Jews in the 10th century, held this Megillah in high esteem. He wrote that the Bet Chashmonai, the house of the Hasmoneans, that's Yehuda, Shimon, Yochanan, Yonatan, Eliezer, all the sons of Matathias, wrote this Megillah about their own experiences. Similar to the book of Daniel, they wrote it in the language of the Hasidim, the Chaldeans, that's Aramaic. Rav Saudia translated it into Arabic, along with his translations of other books of Tanakh. Nevertheless, it was never inducted into Tanakh, as was the Megillah of Esther. You know, the distinction gets yet sharper when we consider the names of these two Megillahs. The Megillah of Esther is named after the heroine of the story. The Megillah of Antiochus is named after the villain. Now, none of this is coincidental. Something is going on over here that represents a deep distinction between the dynamics of Purim and Hanukkah. The stories of both Purim and Hanukkah are about taking a real dark situation and turning it around for the good. But there are two ways of effecting this transformation. In the story of Purim, the royal decree to eliminate the Jewish population was transformed into royal support for a Jewish victory over those that desired their elimination. The house of Haman, Haman, became the house of Mordechai, transformation. In the story of Hanukkah, the dictatorship of a foreign, insane megalomaniac who forbade Jewish practice and demanded he be worshipped led to the liberation of the temple in Jerusalem and a miracle of light. Yet, while Purim pulls inward, Hanukkah radiates light outward. On Purim, the Megillah of Esther is read in the synagogue. The Purim feast and exchange of foodstuffs as well as the gifts to the poor is done principally within the Jewish home. So it makes sense that the story of Haman and King Ahasuerus is also pulled inward to become a sacred book of Torah named after a righteous Jewish heroine and read each year by decree of the sages. 
the telling of the machinations and the greed of these villains becomes a mitzvah, just as the house of Haman becomes the house of Mordechai. Pulled into the Torah and declared a mitzvah, they're transformed. The miracle of Hanukkah, on the other hand, is about shining light outward and to the outside. The original requirements for the Hanukkah menorah stipulate that it be lit only once it is dark and where at the door of your house on the outside. Why? Like the Talmud states, to publicize the miracle. Who are we publicizing it to? That becomes obvious from another requirement. Until when can you light it? Until the marketplace is quiet, until all the stragglers have gone home, including, the Talmud says, the Tarmudai. Who are the Tarmudai? Merchants from the Syrian city of Tarmud, which is also known as Tadmor, which is also known as Palmyra, who were known for staying late in the market at night collecting leftover wood. They were also known for having rebelled against King Solomon and for acting as mercenaries in the destruction of both temples. And it's with these people that we measure the ultimate darkness that Hanukkah can reach. Which means, the celebration of Hanukkah is meant to reach all those people out there as they are out there. Where Purim deals with the dark characters of this world by transforming them into players in a holy book of Torah, the light of Hanukkah reaches into the thick darkness of night as darkness remains darkness, outside of the holiness of Torah, and shines even there. Nothing is excluded, and nothing has changed. That's why we absorb the message of Purim by being pulled into the words of the Megillah, while the message of Hanukkah is broadcast out there by shining the light of a menorah. Even the Megillah for Hanukkah remains an outsider, It's named after the enemy, written entirely in Aramaic, and remains in a realm the sages of Israel call outside writings, svarim chitzoniim, meaning outside the realm of the sacred words of Tanakh. And so, of course, reading it is not a mitzvah, just a permitted act. So what's the point behind all this outsideness? Because this light is the light of divine wisdom, for which there is no outside. As the Baal Shem Tev taught, godliness is everything, everything is godliness. We just need light to see it there. And there's no better light for that than Hanukkah light.